Mean Gene, the steel cage is the most brutal arena of human competition. It is the last resort, man. Welcome back, Steel Cage Carnage, episode five. five, King Kong Bundy style, episode five, here on FanboyNation.com. I'm Joshua Waldrop. I am Fran Mooney at a Control Center. And this is your special Comic-Con edition. Why is it a special Comic-Con edition? Is there going to be anything in the show that we talk about that has anything to do with Comic-Con? Will there be a guest on the show that we have from Comic-Con? No, none of that. It's just because this week's Comic-Con, and we're going to do this podcast as fast as possible so we can get packed up and ready to go, and we'll have plugs for you at the end for all the stuff we're going to be doing during Comic-Con weekend in case uh, you listen to this and think, Oh my God, the Steel Cage Carnage guys are going to be in San Diego. i got to go find them. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. None of you guys are going to do that. No. So anyway. I'm pretty ugly. No one's going to go crazy for me. Big pay-per-view coming off of this past weekend battleground <coughs> not to be confused with battleground pro wrestling here in southern california but no wwe's battleground which top to bottom was a pretty solid pay-per-view it was a pretty good show it wasn't bad and i mean it had, had some great matches um what am i trying to say here just basically it was a solid show yeah like you said i don't know why i had to say in so many words like oh yeah like trying to analyze it but no it was a great show i had i was entertained i got my money's worth that's all i'll say well i had a lot of fun with it i thought that uh, top to bottom it was a pretty solid effort uh the main event kind of is where things sagged a little bit for me but people out there who were saying at the best this was a middle of the road pedestrian kind of and pay-per-view i don't know what it takes to impress you guys i mean just the be- the opening match alone uh, which was what? Well, that was the tag match, right? With uh, three falls, uh, Wyatt's, and we'll just start doing it. Wyatt's and the Usos, right? That match alone was a st- just outstanding, stellar match. That uh, <laughs> every time these guys get in the ring, I initially think, "Oh man, again!" Like I'm tired of seeing all four of them in the ring together. But each month they top themselves, and I don't know if this wasn't the end of the blow off, the end of the I feud. Think this one they said was because they said that at the beginning, they, I think Michael Cole said when he, we talked to the Usos earlier, and they said this is it. Well, good because <laughs> I don't know how they could top that two out of three falls, and and they got to the first two falls right out of the way. Yeah, went into it and had a great back and forth, great matches. Everyone's trying to pull out the stops just to just to think, what do I got to do to put these guys down? And, and, on both sides. But in a way that all made sense, seeing as how the Usos are half the size of the Wyatt boys. Yeah. And, and it ends on a, what, a double, they had to do a double splash after the kicks, after the regular splash, after any finishers they have. They're like, oh my god, these guys aren't going down. Yeah, it took me a while, it has taken me a while to come around to the Usos, but man, uh, there's no denying them after Sunday night, in my opinion. Yeah, they, but also... The crowd that got the crowd into the whole show. Oh, of course it did. It set the tone, just like your opener. You hope that your opener will. Yeah, uh, the crowd was way into it. it one, two. Oh, you could hear the crowd just on their. They were on their feet. Like I don't know how many times I would count. Like, they'd be up and down. Right. Yeah. And the the thing that was so excellent about this match, same thing that was so excellent about the Jericho Bray Wyatt match, is that it sucked the fans and drugged them along to where as the match built, so did the anticipation, so did the audience, and to where they were just going nuts after every near fall. It was fantastic. Yeah. After that, we had um, Paige and AJ. A great match, too. Yeah, yeah. This was like this is not just <laughs> good for women. This was a good wrestling match, just in general. Yeah, they. it looked like they were both trying to just annihilate each other. 
And the way they and I don't think they were selling at the end. I think that were like legit like knocked out. <laughs> like, it's legit fan, it's out fantastic it. because you know there's a bunch of models on the roster who are trying to learn how to wrestle. But AJ is an actual wrestling fan and has actually paid her dues on the indies and wrestled. And so is Paige. And when you put him in the ring, it's noticeable how much better than everybody else that they are. Yeah, so we're, we're expect more from them, especially after Monday night. And I'm looking forward to it. Sure. Um, we're we're kind of just like I said, we're it's like you know the paper, you know the results. Special Comic Con edition, which we have a very <laughs> special faster. announcement to make uh, at the end of the show regarding the topic that we teased for last week. Anyway, go ahead. Okay, uh, we had Rusev and Jack Swagger. Okay, I'm starting to come around on Rusev too. Yeah. Especially after this match, and also the fact that the next night on Raw, he was still selling what happened at the end. Yeah, it's like he still, yeah, he won the battle, but the war is still going. You know, Jack Swagger was, you know, got knocked out by on the outside, but Rusev, his ankle, almost acting like his ankle was actually broken. Yeah, and I, I really think that they have uh, used Jack Swagger stronger than in this angle than they have in a long, long time. And they uh, just got into it too. They just didn't. They didn't have any. They just looked at each other and just went after each other like a pair of bulls, which I loved. Russo has been shown. Russo, Rusev. Rusev. Oh, I, <clears> I <throat> thought I had a good match. Go back. <laughs> we. I was just on a Pyro and Ballyhoo. Give a little cheap free plug for Vince Russo's new website and listen to his uh, brand new podcast, The Swerve. Uh, but we'll talk about that another time because this is the special Comic Con edition where we're just running through everything. Yeah, at least we're honest with you guys. Yeah. Not that we're phoning it in. We still wanted to let you guys know. I mean, there was a lot of action. Francis actually watched TNA this past week, which was the first broadcast from New York. We'll get into that later. But we just have a lot to cover in a short amount of time. Yes. So Rusev Swagger uh, was great. Uh, great back and forth again. Physical match. I really hope that that angle didn't get killed because of Lana's promo, which it did, regardless of what WWE's spin machine wants to say, obviously alluded to the Malaysian flight that was shot down yeah. in Russia. I think it's also, but it's funny when they talk about how we didn't get involved in Afghanistan when they did it first. Yeah. <laughs> and that they did led to, uh, you know, some of the reasons we have some problems now. Well, in any case, a <laughs> anyway, lot of outlets, I'm political. <laughs> a lot of outlets uh, were incensed by her promo. And I just hope that that they're not downplaying Rusev now to try to let that blow over because I thought that this match was an outstanding first match in what could have turned into a really good feud with both guys. And even if uh, Rusev ended up getting the better of Jack Swagger at the end of the feud, Jack Swagger already looks so much more of a badass just from what happened last night. Yeah, because uh, it wasn't a it wasn't a pinfall; it was a countout. It was because he got knocked out by hitting the pole. Which right. anyone that's gonna happen to anybody. So. He hit the pole. <laughs> oh, in the game of human chess, huh? Yeah. And then we had basically like three brawls with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, which Dean Ambrose is just every, he's just gold. Watching this guy wrestle, watching this guy work, watching him fight. Yeah, just crazy we'll talk about that also on raw with him and cesaro yeah, love ambrose and ambrose ambrose is just what he did sneaking up on him there each time you think oh he's gone oh there he comes again and it was really smart the way they did that last night too because it sated the audience's need to see ambrose get his hands on seth rollins but it also saves that match that first time matchup for SummerSlam. yeah which is and the it's gonna pay-per-view. i think it's gonna end up being something like where it's no dq or false count anywhere something like that sure keeps taking place outside of the ring and you know, this will be one of those instances where it's quite possible that Dean Ambrose will lose this feud because of the way they've got everything positioned politically with Seth Rollins and whatnot, but still end up coming out of the angle oh, yeah. like stronger than he is now. The crowd loves him. Absolutely. So he's still get, yeah, it's kind of like the thing where he's kind of like what we'll go into next with Bray Wyatt where his his oh. his character has made it to where it doesn't matter if he loses, it's because he's in your head. Look, Chris Jericho is in that same position too. Uh, the last time he was back, he 
basically did nothing but jobs and putting people over. And it doesn't hurt him anymore because he's Chris friggin' Jericho. But Bray Wyatt has already gotten to that point. And Bray Wyatt's only been around for about a year and a half, but yeah. he's already Teflon Don. No matter how many times he loses, the crowd still loves him. It doesn't matter. And it's also the way the way they made it with Jericho is Jericho had to pull out stops he's never done before. Right. Because it's, it's the thing about Bray Wyatt. It's work. It gets in your head. It takes you out of your element. So you saw Jericho doing some things that he's never he hasn't done in a while or things he's never done before. Right. And, and getting of, more vicious with what he does. Right. And then not that I want to jump to Raw or anything, but uh, since he wasn't even on Raw, yeah. technically, the little uh, backstage segment that they filmed for Raw where Bray Wyatt came and gave him Sister Abigail into the lockers, I thought that was so well played by both people, the way Jericho just kind of slumped down. Two absolute professionals. I was actually looking at some... Uh, some interview videos on YouTube with Bray Wyatt back when he was Husky Harris and now that he's Bray yeah. Wyatt, like some uh, radio interviews. Oh, you're going to be in Tampa tonight for the pay-per-view or whatever. It is amazing to see the transformation. It, you go from earlier on where he's Husky Harris and he's like, oh, man, I'm all smiles. Every day is a good day and, you know, I'm Husky Harris I'm a- and I'm going to work to try to get my body in shape and, you know, the Nexus thing's been fun. It's just been a dream, man. I'm just having a good time. To the most recent interview I saw with him as Bray Wyatt where he's like, they're, they're going, how much influence do you have in your character? It's not a character, man. They're all lying to you. Like, like just he <laughs> is Bray Wyatt. It's, it's tremendous. I miss that kind of stuff. It's, that's what is messing in a lot of people wrestling. It's, you know, I don't think he's going on his Facebook. Hey, look, me and Jericho going to the bar together after the show. <laughs> right. No, it's, I'm Bray Wyatt. This is how I am. And that's the thing, too, is if you go to Scour YouTube for some of those interview videos that I was talking about, you won't find many. And you won't find many because nobody cared to do any of them with him when he was Husky Harris, when he had that short-lived run before. And now that he's Bray Wyatt, he hardly does any press because it's maintaining the aura of that character. It's like when Jericho was the super heel and he said, why would you make merchandise for me when people... You hate me. Right. We're, uh, the, the, or why would I want people to have, be associated with me? Right. Conversely, though, that's cocky heel Jericho, even though Bray Wyatt's supposed to be a heel, and I don't know how much longer they're going to be able to push him as one, he can turn around and say, no, buy my merchandise because I am the truth. I, yeah, I am, yeah. you know, you guys understand already, me where the society doesn't. He's already got the Undertaker-type entrance with everybody putting their, well, their cell phone. It used to be lighters, but now yep. cell phone's up. And it looks amazing on TV. Right. It actually lights up the arena. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Um, let's go uh, Intercontinental Championship Battle Royal. Oh, what a well-booked Battle Royal this was. Yes, this and Final Two were Ziggler and... Ziggler, people thought was Ziggler and Sheamus. Right. Out goes Sheamus. Crowd's what, going... Strong back and forth with Sheamus and Ziggler, too. I mean, they basically outlasted everybody else in this Battle Royal and then had a full-on, like... Non-stop and match. And what happened at the end doesn't even make Ziggler look weak because no. he eliminated the U.S. champion. But at the same time, he was caught by surprise, kind of like um, Royal Rumble when Shawn Michaels kicked out uh, Bulldog. And and came out, you know, was hiding hiding underneath, the, what was it, by the podium, I think you said it was? Well, that's the thing about it is not just the way it was booked, but the way it was shot. And the way Miz and, participated in this was brilliant because he did it. He was able to get out of the ring in such a sly way. And the commentators didn't really mention it, and they didn't really they didn't make a point of showing him because doing that then would have tipped the hand of the reader that like oh Dolph doesn't see him see him like sneakily or creeping like, around the ring it doesn't it, they didn't tip their hand it was sleight of hand pure like you know uh, deception 
with Miz crawling out of the ring, and then one of the shots where they showed the Intercontinental title belt on the podium, you could just see his shoulder, like, at the bottom of yeah, the frame. Yeah, if they did show it more, it would be kind of almost comedic, too, kind of like they would do it with, <coughs> with Lawler with uh, Royal right. Rumble, where he'd hire the ring, but their camera would see him catching him, like, looking out and hoping nobody would catch him out there. Right, and I was hoping that Ziggler would win because I think he really deserves the shot. He's been easily, far and away, their best in-ring performer over the last several months and getting great matches with everybody, including a great series of matches with Wade Barrett. And I'm really hoping, you know, they brought Miz back. He's got this big cocky new Hollywood thing. So the the finish was perfect because Miz was able to get the title and it leads into a program, which based on their first match on raw, looks like it's going to be really solid between Ziggler and Miz. And then hopefully they'll have Miz. that built on Miz built. They'll have that belt on Miz by the time Wade Barrett comes back and they can resume their uh, series of outstanding matches. Yeah, the match should be called the Ziz. Ziggler and Miz. I'm done. I'm going home. I'm just going to let that sit there. And I said Ziz. Yeah. Ziggler and Miz. Right. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> what if it was Jarrett and Miz? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you let that little silence there go. Keep, yeah. keep that up there. Um, but... Um, what was I going to say about that? Oh, I think you were going to go to the Oh, no, the, I saw the fact that um, the, the crowd, the way it just, like, it was, they were so surprised that that happened. And can we talk about one other surprise that seems to have been glossed over in that match? Heath Slater, eliminated. the one-man band, eliminating Cesaro. Wow. That, uh, yeah, I, yeah, actually, yeah, because some people thought, oh, my God, he might actually be, like, the dark horse in this. This goes back to what I was saying just last week on the podcast, uh, that they seem to really be making at least some sort of an effort to have everybody on that card matter and not have such a disparity between legitimate guys who are contenders for the title and just cannon fodder. And I thought that was a good example. They had the most unlikely guy on the roster eliminate one of the favorites to win the entire match. And I would like to see, yeah, I was disappointed in how they used him the following night on Raw with Florida. Florida? But I would like to see Heath Slater, because I really like Heath Slater. I think he's got a lot of talent. I'd like to see them use him in a meaningful way. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, he might be one of those guys who could take kind of take that, that Santino role that we keep talking about, because now yeah. he's gone. But we'll yeah. see, because the three-man band was like kind of like that. Well, speaking of that Santino role, as you had mentioned before we started uh, recording, the pre-show had uh, my guy, Adam Rose, against uh, Damian Sandow. No, Fandango. Or Fandango, yeah. Oh, no, Damian Sandow was in that Battle Royal as a tourist, or right, whatever it was. Right, right. Which, um, it, it, was, it was what it was as far as a match. Summer Rae and Layla, the new uh, Rosebuds, uh, led the rest of the Rosebuds around the ring in a dance. And when Fandango went to uh, confront them, they each slapped him. Uh, Adam Rose slid him back in the ring and went on to win the match. But With the party fell. Yeah. The thing of it is, people are worried about Adam Rose's place in the company because they keep using him in things like pre-shows and not superstars. But he still hasn't lost yet. No. They're still putting him over. And that gets, well, actually, he's one of those guys who can get the crowd and get the crowd into yeah. the show. Yeah. The whole party atmosphere and everything. That's, that's, that's kind of what he's there to do. You know, he's a solid, a solid guy. I'm not saying he's a B plus player or whatever, yeah, but he's, he's a solid B plus player, is what you're saying. Oh, well, he's a solid B. Well, he could say that. <laughs> I think he could be an A player if given the chance. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you watch him on, if you, again, it goes back, WWE Network, watch NXT. He just had a match last week, a full yeah. match. So go back and watch it. <laughs> but yeah check out like again if you're these guys like you want to see some Bo Dallas if you think oh Bo Dallas blah 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 Bo Dallas or Big E or um are we just talking about sorry wow um, speaking no, of the pre-show Adam, Adam Rose um yeah check just watch NXT man watch those past episodes I don't know why that my 
My mind went blank. Brain fart. Speaking of the pre-show, though, we had Naomi and Cameron, and Cameron, uh, she came out, and the comment that I made to my girlfriend, Rachel, uh, lead artist on the Massacre Twins webcomic and sometimes producer for the show, is I looked at her and I said, wow, Cameron looks like dog S. Because <laughs> she just, she looks ne- The next night on Raw, when they had her... Uh, Eva Marie, Grossa Mendez, and I forget what other chick in the ring. Oh, I think like, it was Alicia Fox. Though. Alicia Fox, you that's forgot. right. You always forget Alicia yeah. Fox. Uh, Rachel's like, man, they just stuck all the nastiest chicks in the ring at oh, once. Oh, for that four-on-one. Four-on-one with Nikki Bella, yeah. yeah but but uh, Naomi continues to shine like a star. I mean, she looked fantastic, not just as far as how she looked aesthetically, which she had new uh, ring gear and her hair put up in a different way, and she looked, quite frankly, hot as hell. But she is really athletic and really good. I think that uh, she's obviously still kind of green with some more seasoning. She could be up having great matches with AJ and Paige and some of those type of people. Yeah, I didn't see the actually didn't see the pre-show this time, so ah. you can comment on that. Um, so what was the uh, what was left in the pay-per-view main event? Oh, John Cena won. So anyway, Raw. <laughs> that basically, is it? Yeah, because it wasn't anything special. Was anything? Nothing really stood out. It was just John Cena won. Yeah. Setting up, getting ready for SummerSlam. Yeah. So raw. Do 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 do. Yeah. So oh my God, I thought you were gonna do it. You're, you're just scratching your head. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were gonna actually do the you can't see me thing. Um, <coughs> but anyway, so WWE raw results. All right. Jesus. I don't know why I did that. Yeah. Um, what the hell is that all about? Raw results. The results. Oh, Lord. Mm, better than the other thing. So what happened on Raw? <laughs> you know I was going to go with, didn't you? No, I don't. I just <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, we, we, the, the catchphrase that will not be mentioned here. Fran. Oh, God. It's so crazy. It's, it was so just... It was so crazy. If I didn't have... The, if I this tablet didn't have... The tablet that I'm using to get our results, if I didn't... Having these results, I'm going to hit you with it right now. Ooh, so crazy. Handicap match. Roman Reigns taking on Randy Orton and Kane. Demon King. Yeah, um... I, I don't remember how that one ended because I was Okay, so Reigns wins because he uh, spears and Superman punches Kane and Randy Orton walks out. Because he was supposed to be protecting him the other night, last night. That's right. Night before. And that's a whole you know little bitch fest about oh you should be protecting me because I'm this and then who's yeah, gonna be I, the contender? I gotcha. Um, so we also we had then the what we just talked about the handicap match Alicia Fox, Eva Marie, Rosa Mendez, and Cameron taking on Nikki Bella. But more was what the be- bigger thing was happened outside the ring before the match. Right, Brie Bella sitting ringside calls Stephanie a bitch, and then Stephanie slaps Brie Bella and security takes Brie Bella away. Yeah, which wait till later in the show. Right. When a uh, police come and arrest Stephanie McMahon <laughs> for for battery, <laughs> thanks for ruining the teaser. Yeah, well, I figured we'd throw to two seconds later. Yeah, it's true. Um, but, yeah, but a great segment uh, as uh, one of our friends, Chris McCoola, had mentioned, reminiscent of the Attitude Era, where the uh, detectives came out and cuffed Stephanie and took her away and stuffed her in the back of the car. And Hunter <laughs> pledged to be down there right away. Oh and, God, that was a that was that was a great. We give up, but you know the the blame will fall not on Triple H. It'll fall on Joey Mercury because right. he brought it up. He brought up, "Hey, what about this?" And that made Triple H go. So 
That's true. Joey Mercury. You're Joey f- Mercury, who has a giant bald head. That is a one big head. Yeah. How the hell did the head get that? The only one that gets bigger than that is you know the dude uh, his leader who fights Hulk. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, I don't know. He um, he's got a big head. He's got a big head. He's, yeah. He's gonna be fighting Hulk in the in the next Avengers movie after Age of Ultron, I think. Yeah, that's that's because of his big giant head. It's a pretty big head. Yeah. Big head. Big head. So, but I loved how Triple H was like, oh, career, career move here, guys. Yeah. Career, is that a hybrid? Career decisions, <laughs> career yeah. Decisions. It's, it's, it's so, such a thing, though, which is great, is because that is something like the corporate, co- that con- that overconfident corporate asshole would do. Like, do you know who do. I am? Yeah, that's kind of stuff. Like, oh, hey, my lawyer's on the phone right now. Jerry's on the phone. Jerry's on the phone, you know. Jer- or Jeremy, whatever it is. Jerry, yeah. Jerry, Jerry McDivitt is on the phone right now. Don't worry. You know, oh, you're better. You, you, you're a big guy now doing this. And, and, and. Now, that is something that's great. That is something those corporate types would do that or stereotyped of, of doing. Right. And I like Stephanie uh, going back and forth between being enraged and screaming at the police. And she'll have their badges and, like, and crying for her husband that she's so scared to go to jail. Like, <laughs> but, but what I thought was funny was that she's going to jail for battery. They're taking her downtown to print and process her. Now, I don't know if any, a lot of people caught this because there's a lot of people who don't realize the difference between going to jail and going to prison. But when yeah. the cops were first handcuffing her when she was out at ringside still, and she's like, uh, uh, I'm going to prison? Like, I thought that was just pretty funny because she would go to prison for slapping somebody. Yeah. Yeah, that, that well, that's great because it's like they they think the you know it's like when that happens. Yeah. No matter, I mean, I've never been arrested, but when things like that happen, you think the worst. Yeah, Stephanie McMahon's just playing that role to the hilt. Yeah, it was a it was a great segment. It is reminiscent of something you would see from the Attitude sure. Era with Vince McMahon, not with Austin. Just basically, he would stun the cops and get somehow yeah. get away with it. Um, let's see what we got here. Oh, um, Bo Dallas. He is now what sixteen, seventeen, and Bo. I don't know what he was. It's inspirational. <laughs> I like what he said because like, he got the number wrong. He's like, I'll just add two because I know he's going to get it. <laughs> oh, inspiration. But, he, but Damien, but somehow it's against Damien Sandow. So was he a face in the match or nobody? Nobody was... knows. The, the script got allegedly, from what you hear online, rewritten last minute. So they just got thrown in the match together. Yeah, and they had him be like LeBron James, quote unquote. Right. Saying he's going to Cleveland and one state. I mean. Right, well, would you go to Cleveland? At least the match was short. Yeah, and Bo Dallas won. Yeah, because you Bo leave. That's right. With the running Bo dog. Yeah, inspirational. That shirt is really wet on him, isn't it? It is very wet. I'm just saying. He's a wash in inspiration. Washpiration. Wow, look at that long. Let there enjoy that one. Yeah, look at that long pause there. Yeah. Just... All right. Anyway, so let's move on. So what we talked about rematch from last night, not for the non-title rematch, Dolph's it, or not kind of a not a rematch, but um, a continuation of the right. confrontation. Uh, Doug, Z- Doug Dolph, Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler, Doug Ziggler, Dolph's younger brother. Yeah. He's more studious than Dolph. Dolph's out partying and you know nailing down chicks and stuff. And Doug is in his dorm room studying and getting ready for his dog pork chop. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Dolph Ziggler taking on The Miz, non-title. Great for, match. Yes. For anybody very... who has any crap to say about Miz, that match was fantastic and not just because of Ziggler. No, it was a great back and forth. It was another game. Back and forth match. Let them work. Just let them, it's kind of like, just let them go. And they did great. Again, Miz is not just a guy who's just handed his career. No. 
that guy worked. The guy can work. The guy's a great character. He's worked his way up. It's it's BS when people say that kind of stuff. Like, oh, he's just because he's on MTV. It's like, no, he is a rest. He is a true wrestling fan. That's not a that's not a gimmick. He is a wrestling fan, and yeah. what he does is himself turned up. And Ziggler, uh, it's not just a gimmick anymore. It's not just a, a cute catchphrase that he uses on post Raw uh, interviews. He has legitimately been his matches have been the best thing to watch on any WWE program he's on for the last easily two or three months. Oh, he's here to show the world. He is. Come on, bring it on. Is that all you got? Bring it on. What you gonna do about it? I don't want to go there with that one. <laughs> we know we're going. He's going to the real deal now. Woo! Draws. That's where you're going to go with. It. I knew that. That's why. That's why I'm like, I'm not going there. Um. All right. So we had uh, Paige and AJ taking on Emma and Natalia. The team of PJ. PJ. Uh, we thought Emma would steal a victory. I want to get that out of the way. Wow. Okay. Anyway, well, she didn't. There was the thing in the back when Flo Rida first arrived at the uh, at the arena, and he was walking through the back, and he gave. Uh, Emma a hug and he had these two bodyguards walking with him and I told Rachel that the bodyguard should have checked to make sure all of his chains were still there. <laughs> it would have been a nice little <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> then they'd be stolen twice. <laughs> okay. I all hate mail can be redressed to the to the I don't know if a rider chasing me. Look what he did uh, look what he did to uh to um why am I forgetting people's names now? Florida? Yeah, Florida. No, to, um, to uh, the one-man band where he's like, You remember me from WrestleMania 28? <laughs> I'm going to put my hands on you. And Heath Slater shoves Florida, who takes half an inch step back. Yeah. And then he shoves Heath Slater, who is flying out of frame. And yeah, I think Florida looks like a dude you don't want to you don't want to mess with. Yeah. He's a pretty big dude. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, so where are we? So, yes. After the match, because uh, the match was what it was, kind of be like, oh, look, we're a team still, we're friends, and then no, they're not, because Paige decided to turn on AJ, and we got Evil Paige. Finally, now. Evil Paige. And I think she's so much more well-suited for the uh, the Evil and character. And so much more hotter as a you <laughs> Just so hot anyway, but... So much more hotter. So much more, so much hotter. So... <laughs> yeah. How, how would I say it? So, that... Come dinner box. <laughs> well, Maybe. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, so I but um but Paige as yes, this is what we've been waiting for. Is Paige as a heel is what's going to work? AJ could work is both. <laughs> AJ could work both. Well, this doesn't sound right about to say. AJ could work both ways, but it can be either a heel or a face, and the crowd loves her, and she she can do good in either role. Yeah, and she can scissors the hell out of Paige, <laughs> like Arn Anderson and Sid and Sid. Ow, a pair of scissors. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. All right, I think for all your newer viewers, if you don't know about Sid... No, shut up, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think that they should bring back Sid Vicious, but they should call him Psycho Sids, and he should just kill babies. <laughs> wow. Really? <laughs> We're going there, huh? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, so, so yeah, Evil Page is going to be great. It's going to be a great feud, I think, to see them go back and forth. It, I mean, just, seem, just watching them together in the ring is pretty hot, so we'll move on. Sids. Yeah. I'm talking about Paige still. Oh, okay. But anyway, Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder was on Raw! Dude, this is what I'm saying. Heath Slater eliminates uh, Cesaro one night, and then the next night, Heath Slater actually gets a win on Raw. Over Fandango. Yeah. You know what? I think we better start putting our money on the Cubs. Yeah, right? But uh, yeah, Zack Ryder, <coughs> Zack Ryder came out with um, Summer Rae and Layla accompanying him to the ring. 
So, you know, continuing that, the feud with the women and, and Fandango. But yeah, they gave Zach, they, they maybe need to keep them around because he won. He did win. <laughs> he won. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he should have, he should have been running around like he was Bo Dallas. Yeah. Because he, you know, maybe because he believed. Maybe. Sids? I don't know. I wasn't going to go back to that. Okay. And of course, you know, they keep having these short little segments. I don't know if it was earlier, but Gold Dust and Stardust. Yeah. I love that. It's just so bizarre and like, but still you're intrigued to see what's going to happen. I love Stardust. Star- I can't wait to see them hopefully get a push once they stop all these vignettes. Yeah, which I think that's what they're trying to do is push, do the vignette kind of thing like they would do back then and be like, oh, they think they're yeah. coming back or things like that or something like that. Sure. So I'm hoping to see it, but when, he, when we have seen of Stardust, it's amazing. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's immersed in that character. Yeah, he is. But everything he's, they've given him, he's worked, he's made work. Yeah, totally. So Dust does, um, Cody Rhodes, hats off to you, and I can't wait to see it. I mean, Goldust is good on his own, but, I mean, Goldust was like that, he was like the comeback of the year, what, last year? Or yeah. Or the year before? Um, you know, so he, his work right up, and Cody, the way he is, it's going to be a great tag team. Yeah, for sure. Maybe them and the, maybe them and the Usos can have some cool little back and forth. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Then bring up the Ascension. Yeah, you really every week you. I think every, every <laughs> show you brought. I, I agree with you though. Freaking love I, the Ascension. I, I want to see the Ascension. Yeah, they are the as you would say they're the throwback to like the LOD and right. demolition and powers of pain people like that. I mean, it's got to be because they've beaten everybody in NXT. Yeah, so there's got to be a way like you know they'll bring somebody in that they'll put over they'll get they'll put over and then they'll come up to the to the um to the main roster and become like the APA or something. Or oh, I'm sure they'll bring them in soon. Yeah, they got it. So what else happened on Raw? Uh, we also had Rob Axel and, uh, yeah, whatever, taking on Kofi and Big E, and they won. Kofi oh. and Big E, Spike, and the little, what are we going to do today? What are we going to do today, Spike? You go get him, big guy. We're going to take over the world. Oh, and then uh, the cross between Brother Love and um, Xavier and uh, uh, the Pope and uh, Malcolm X. And yeah, where that come from? All of a sudden, Xavier Woods is forming the nation, reforming the nation of domination. It looks or what? that way. It looks that way. He, he's the new Clarence Mason. Yeah. So Big E will be the the, the voice, though. He'll be the preacher. Yeah. In the group, so I'm gonna tell you something. Apparently, Mark, Mark, he- Mark Henry's on his way back to join the the faction too. So that's good. <laughs> well, 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 Brock Lesnar is coming back, so we need someone to beat up. This actually ties into that uh, topic that we teased last week that was uh, suggested to us by our. Uh, Good friend and longtime listener David Coates on the Facebook page, which was the idea of is Vince McMahon racist? Oh, because <laughs> or what's of... the deal with uh, people only saying that there's one uh, that that there hasn't been a black world champion since Ron Simmons? Uh, he makes David makes the argument that people are discounting The Rock and see him more as Islander, but. We are actually going to table that discussion until next week because this is the special Comic-Con edition <laughs> of the um, Steel Cage Carnage here, powered by Fanboy Nation. Uh, so we're just going to keep going. All right, we can. Going like a freight train. Rolling like an airplane. Flying like an airplane. I'm rolling. That'd be bad. Um, all right, Rusev. Take- <laughs> rolling like an airplane. Rusev taking on the great colleague. Rusev still feeling the effects of, of, the, of the match the night before, which was great. So I'm starting. I'm starting to come around with Rusev. I mean, there's some little things like that. I think that's great because you saw when he tried to do his little like kicking yeah. and his whatever you want to call it or his posing. He'd be like, "Oh, on my leg." At this <laughs> point, it's just sad to see Kali though. It's like seeing Andre the Giant like a year before Andre was walking with crutches. I can't do the music. Yeah. 
But Carl, I guess he's an attraction around, around, you know, in the you know Indian market, so they keep him around. But, sure. So what else happened? Um, Cesaro taking on Dean Ambrose. Oh, I, when I heard that, I, I kind of forgot they were going to do this for some reason during the match. I just saw that thing like this is going to be good. Yeah, and for a while it was. It was a great back and forth match, and both guys looking like really strong with Ambrose just taking everything Cesaro's had and, and being giving the, it right back to him. Yeah, and being the brawler and Cesaro being the wrestler. Right. And just like, just Dean Ambrose, play, you want to see someone play crazy perfectly? Dean Ambrose is your guy right now. I forget how that one ended up. Um, Dean Ambrose decided, because he was, he was given the assignment by Triple H to take out, you want to be part, you want to be a, um, a that, Yeah, that guy. part, I, I'm talking about the match. Oh, oh yeah, it ended with the uh, just DQ because um, Ambrose hit him with a chair. Oh, that's right. The chair a couple times. That's like, right. And he put it down, and he's just going crazy, Terry Funk style, throwing the chairs in the ring. He's like, is that all you got? Yeah. I love and the look on his face. Where he just like has like the you know like the spit coming out of his mouth and just like ready to ready to fight anybody who walks down that aisle. Right. I love that. Yeah, it's good stuff. I love it, Maggle. And then uh, we have Plan C. Yes, but uh, it's actually technically Plan B for Brock Lesnar. Yeah, <laughs> you thought I was going to scream it, didn't you? No, I didn't because I would have thrown you off the balcony if you screamed right next to me. Uh, oh yeah. So much of a big deal is this that it clo- it was the segment that closed Raw, not a match, not a, a, a thing with the authority, but the return of the man who will face John Cena at SummerSlam for the World Heavyweight Championship. The man who defeated the Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania. He did? Yeah, I don't know if you heard it. Heyman never, ter- hey never talked about it. That's really odd that he wouldn't mention it, seeing as how he's the one behind the one in 21 and 1. Yeah. There's a lot of ones in that yeah, well, catchphrase. Yeah, I know there is. Yeah. If we had a mentor, wouldn't they make that the one behind the one of the one of the twenty one and one? You know what? It's just like the commercial for the network. There's a the letter W should get residuals. W-W-W. The WWE network and WWE pay per views with every WWE WC WEC It's just nothing but W's on the commercial for the WWE network. And the way and then the way Michael Cole says it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I thought it was it was a great promo by um by by um Paul Heyman. Well, obviously, yeah, he's Heyman. always going to be a great promo with and Paul Heyman. I think. Oh, okay. Well, I know I wouldn't say, "Oh, look at Roman Reigns." It's like, dude, it's Roman, too soon. It's too soon. And think of this: think of the man who beats the guy who beat the streak and ended John Cena's. Well, that's ring. what I said when he beat yeah. the Undertaker, and everyone else was losing their ass about Lesnar beating the Undertaker. Like, no, the guy who beats Lesnar now is a made man. Yeah, and the guy who beats Lesnar, who beats the guy who beat the Undertaker and John Cena. That's going to be even bigger, right? So give it time. It's like someone said, "Oh, um, I remember I was reading it on, online, and they said, oh, gosh, Bray Wyatt shouldn't be a job guy.' And da da da. It's like it needs to build up sure. to that win. Just have just because he lost once doesn't mean it, it, he said even in the promo that he said you may have won the battle, but the you know I'm going to win the war. It's a, it's a think of it that way. It's a war. There is still little battles to have mm-hmm. to lose and to win. In the end, who's going to be remain I mean, come out victorious? Is that's the question? Yeah, SummerSlam's looking like a strong, uh, strong pay per view. Yes, um, so I think right now, like it looks like, prospectively, right now we have Cena Brock. Cena Brock. That sounds like a weird thing. It sounds like a company. Of yeah. Um, we're gonna have. I think we're gonna have Ambrose and Rollins. Probably and right now we got we got probably most likely a Jericho Wyatt, Page and AJ, Page, Page and AJ. So yeah, it looks like a really really strong SummerSlam this year, right? Where every match on every match will probably be a main event type type thing to do. Sure, 
Because it is a WrestleMania of the summer. It's true. And it is at the Staples Center. In it is. So do stay tuned to that. It'll be... I think it'll be a good pay... I think... I'm hoping it'll be a great pay-per-view. Yeah, same here. Yeah, because last year had, what, two matches that really stood out, and I don't remember much about the rest. Yeah. Because I remember it was Brock and CM Punk, which was a great match, yeah. Say what you want about CM Punk these days. Yeah. But, um, and then, of course, the t- the championship match with Daniel Bryan and John Cena, which was probably one of John Cena's best matches. I, in my opinion, it's his best match he's ever had. Yeah. Well, you had mentioned that you checked out Impact this week. I missed the show, cause, uh, not necessarily because I'm still on my Impact embargo, just because I forgot it was on, to be quite honest. Yeah, I uh, watched... First the- set of tapings from uh, the Manhattan Center in New York City, the summer of New York for Impact. Yeah, I mean, that's why I checked it out, because I want to see what they're going to do there and how this excited ring's going to work, and the re- you know they want to look at it. They kind of looked at it as a rebirth, and I think it'd be kind of cool, because I need, as much as some, you know, wrestling purists or we're going to complain about that six-sided ring it kind of set them apart from what wwe does and this is what they need to be to do is they need to do a lot of that they need to do a lot of that little more of the little more edgy little more hardcore type matches to get to show to separate themselves from the quote-unquote oh, pg it's pvpg oh no but they need to separate themselves and be a different company and not be wwe wwe light right which was which is what was happening um, but we, yeah, we had, you know, that's what they were talking about. They even had Taz doing the, doing, cause they got to go back to the, cause out there in New York, you mentioned ECW, they eat it up. So they had to bring out some of that stuff they're familiar with. So what they do with Taz? They had Taz out in the crowd, like in the second balcony and he was doing his promo about how like this is a rebirth and everything. And he did the beat me if you can. And then one did survive if I let you. And they still had that going. Huh? So the crowd still remembers that Taz is kind of getting kind of gray in the hairs, but, um, but and still kind of fat in the everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> There's never should got rid of Kennelly. Sorry. <laughs> but um we started out, you know, we had, we had Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer against EC three and Rhino with his little T Rex arms. Rhino. But I thought what was great was at the beginning a little kind of improv because um E C three comes out with Rhino and they're chanting you can't wrestle. So I go, You can't wrestle. He's like, Yes I can. You can't wrestle. I'm very good. You can't wrestle going back and forth for a bit. And then, but then he goes back into into promo mode, and then goes like, "Yeah, well, this place we call it the Big Crapple." <laughs> like, oh, we don't be me, okay? Don't start with something great and then just at the end. Don't be you. I don't think anybody oh sorry. listening to this who doesn't understand uh, who doesn't know you will get that. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty bad at jokes. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, or I'll have something great and then I'll just ruin it by keeping my by still talking. <laughs> But AC3 and Rhino were the winner. Came out on top through some nefarious means. Um, but everyone, but they still, we had, what else we had here? We had a X Division gauntlet because I guess Kurt Angle wants Austin Aries to prove that he's a great champion, a fighting champion. So we had Austin Aries, Eddie Edwards, Davey Richards, Sanada, Tigre Uno, Manic, Crazy Steve, and DJ, DJ Z. Um, it's what you expect from an X Division gauntlet match. Sure. Pinballs, think about right. all over that little ring. I mean, for the crowd, for that New York crowd, is what they need—that fast paced, a little more harder hitting. Do you think that with that many people in that type of match, that having gone back to the six sided ring uh, is a benefit to them, or or do you think it makes any difference at all? For them, I think it gives them a little more space to do some more, to do some, to do a little more, a little more spots and everything. But we have heard from the likes of people like Christopher Daniels that. Uh, the, the there is a marked difference in the six sided ring, both in the like the angle of the 
uh, angle um, that the ropes are that you stand on to get on the top turnbuckle to do any kind of high offense uh, maneuvers or things of that nature. So there's a little bit of a different geography to it. A little bit, yeah, because they're coming diagonal instead or of geometry, like, rather. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Of, I think is on some parts it's a little less space, though. That's the only thing. Sure, you can't run the ropes as much or things like that. But I think that I think with that kind of thing, because that's you know that originated like from the first time I saw that kind of ring was in you know Lucha Libre, so that kind of faster paced kind of spotty thing it works it works for them sure. But it was it was it it, it was what you want to see cool spots the kind of stuff you want to see like on an indie show or things like that. Crowd was entertained and New York crowd is very hard. I mean they like it then you know it works sure. for them because they're a hard crowd to get to pop for a long time to pop for anything. So who came out of that match? Um, it was. It was ended up being um, actually Austin Aries, and the end was um, him and Sonata. Um, but Sonata was basically being berated by James Storm because saying how he's a loser, and so is Muda. Muda's a fraud, and so the next week will be leading to the great Muda on, I think, his first time in New York City to wrestle, and it'll be on Impact. Wow, that's cool. I think it's probably, I think it might have been the, for Muda to be on, it'll probably be the first time since WCW. Probably. Before WCW folded. So we also had... Um, Bobby Roode and Eric Young taking on MVP and Kenny King. MVP is playing the cowardly heel to Bobby Roode and act like, oh, I got a got a knee and I think it's a knee injury. Right. So every time he would come in the ring, go, oh, 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 and they'd go out of the ring. So, so they're teasing them to actually actually sure. have physical contact. So that'll happen. You know, cool. Probably bound for glory. Um, no DQ match. Brittany versus Madison Rain. I think. Wow. It just it was what it was. Right. It was, uh, you want better women's matches. I'm assuming Madison Rain won that matching, as I've never heard of Brittany. Yep. Is Brittany uh, Santana Garrett? Uh, I have no idea. Oh, okay. The, the female... It could be Brad Garrett, I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> be like, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm a knockout. I do a really horrible Brad Garrett. Yeah, I do. I do, too. Um, hey, Raymond, I'm a knockout. <laughs> Look at me in my dress. <laughs> um, it's like a, like a homosexual age John Benjamin. <laughs> Oh yeah, but uh, and for the main event we had Lashley take as, in a title defense. Lashley, the Destroyer. I'm, <laughs> I'm really getting sick of like the one like last name things. That's fine. Lashley taking on Jeff Hardy, not not Willow, Jeff Hardy. But you'll may, you may one day see you know see Willow again, may pop up somewhere. But this was um, it was a hard hitting match. But it's just like you see it and you feel like wow, I'm watching WWE 2003. Sure, but one of the things I saw was like I guess was uh, Lashley was laid out on the on the step. They, laid, they put the steps up, and Hardy goes for a swanton on there and just hits the steps like, boom! Wow, like there feels like there's no give. So, yeah. So Jeff may want to look up those things he got in trouble for and maybe get take a few of those for a bit <laughs> after after that match. Are you suggesting that Jeff Hardy should willing willfully take? Uh... Illegal uh, medications and narcotics? No, no, no. You should get a prescription for some painkillers. Oh, gotcha. That's what I'm saying. Um, but there's a but, but now also with Dixie making her first <clears throat> appearance in New York City, um, teasing that there's going to be, you know, she's going to go through a table, but EC3 ends up taking it. And they're sitting there like, you know, they're perm spud. Now they're in the crowd, unable, powerless to watch this as, you know, Devon, the returning Devon. Comes back and gives them. They give the three D to EC three, so that that feud is still going. It does happen. I mean, you, you, the spoilers have been up for a while, so you know what happens. What happens? Well, you know, I mean, eventually Dixie will go through a table. What? Dixie Carter? <laughs> yeah, the designing women's chick. 
No, Dixie Carter, the owner, the president of TNA. Oh, the president of God. TNA who's not supposed to be on TNA because she lost because that match that happened where she that, lost her rights to be on TV, but she still was on TV. Thank God, because I thought you were going to say the designing women chick, Dixie Carter, and I was going to say like she died like ten years ago. So if they went and desecrated her grave by digging her up only to give her a three D through a table, uh, or a power bomb through a table, that'd be pretty messed up, especially uh, in the light of the recent passing of Meshach Taylor, R.I.P. Meshach. Really? All that, huh? Yeah. Wow, designing women joke, huh? Hey, it's designing women. It's the second greatest sitcom of the 90s to Delta. Delta? Delta. Delta Burke. That's right. Not the one that Brett Butler was on? Or, oh, uh, Grace Under Fire? No. Yeah. Or, as you may refer to Delta Burke, or as I referred to Delta Burke in my childhood, the future Mrs. Waldrop. All right. So, TNA. <laughs> wow, look at that long silencer. You see that? That's just for you. You know, that silence is needed because it's going to be necessary for everybody listening to this podcast That's to go right. Google Delta Burke and figure out who the hell we're talking about. <laughs> or to turn it off. <clears throat> yeah. So, anyway, that's TNA. Yeah, TNA, it's it's kind of a thing where it's like baby steps for improvement, which they need to do. Like I said, they need, they're trying to set themselves apart, be a, a quote-unquote rebirth. And that's what they need. They need to be doing those things that will set themselves apart sure. from WWE. Not have a champion that go, hey, look, our champion's got a beard, too. <laughs> so, I mean, I felt bad for Eric Young because of that. But, you know, all of a sudden, look, Daniel Bryan loses his belt, gets stripped of the title. Oh, look what happens all of a sudden. Eric Young loses his title. Well, one of the things that they're doing differently than WWE is having a black uh, world heavyweight champion. Something that... People argue Vince McMahon doesn't have the balls to do and that The Rock doesn't count. But that's a topic we'll get into next week because we're 45 minutes in. And even though we would normally have a little time for this podcast, especially given the fact that we usually run 90 minutes, this is your special San Diego Comic-Con edition of Steel Cage Carnage powered by Fanboy Nation. So um, uh, we're probably going to uh, be wrapping this up pretty soon. Uh, We wanted to let you know that we have two panels that... Both myself and Fran Mooney will be appearing on if you happen to be down in San Diego for San Diego Comic-Con. The first one is on Thursday, 11.30 to 12.30. It's how to get uh, media coverage, news coverage for your uh, project. Uh, That's being moderated by Rick Offenberger from First Comics News, our friends over there. And then the second panel will be Saturday night, 8.30 to 9.30 in room 8. How Not So Strange Bedfellows, the relationship between comics and wrestling, moderated by myself. With a special edition just recently added, speaking of TNA, everybody's favorite asshole, Mr. Anderson. Anderson. Anderson, yes. So uh, if you're in town for San Diego, make sure to go to those and uh, make sure to hit up all of our social media. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at FanboyNationSCC. Also on Instagram. All right. right. Steel Steel Cage Carnage. Right, absolutely. And uh, where else are we? We're on other things, aren't we? Um, Twitter. Yeah, you mentioned Twitter. We're on Facebook. Right. Um, Email us at steelcagecarnage at gmail.com if you have a topic or agree or disagree or just want to tell us how much you hate us. Well, no, that well, never mind. Um, but also, we will have some some interviews that are probably going up on Fanboy Nation over also at our friends at First Comics News from from Comic Con. So if you're a pop culture junkie, get ready. We got some great. We got one cool one lined up already. Right, and we'll be down there uh, getting into a bunch of stuff that we'll be glad to tell you about next week. We're gonna brag uh, about. Yeah, why not? We'll, we'll save some time at uh, next week's uh, edition of Steel Cage Carnage to give you a com- an exclusive. And comprehensive Comic-Con review. We're going to go to every panel and cover it? Yes. 
Sure, we can do that. You know, cause yeah. it could be like a hundred places at once. Yes. All right. Well, till next week. This is Framo in the Control Center. And this is Joshua Waldrop with your very short and special Comic Con edition here of Steel Cage Carnage. Oh, and by the way, stay tuned for the next mm, thirty-five, forty-five seconds or so, and listen to our friends, the Razor Ramones. I am not a nugget.